Welcome to Sales is Not a Dirty Word, the show that proves if it's a fit, it's a fact. I'm your host, revolutionary sales coach, Alicia Barr, the creator of the Matchmaker Sales Method. If you're a done-for-you service provider who's ready to grow your profits and impacts without pressure, pitching, or pretending to be someone else, this is for you. Today, we're talking to Kimberly Spencer. She's an award-winning, high-performance, trauma-informed coach and trainer, Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and the founder of crownyourself.com and CEO of Communication Queens, helping visionary leaders transform their self-limiting stories, build their empire, stand out fearlessly, and create a body, business, and life that rules. A warrior for humans' infinite possibility and an unsinkable optimist, this boy mom of two is on a quest to revolutionize mindsets from fear to faith so that you can stand proudly in your sovereignty. Her work has been featured on Netflix, The CW, ESPN, Chicken Soup for the Soul, NPR, Thrive Global, CNBC, and Forbes. Let's go. Welcome to the big show. Sales is not a dirty word. Alicia, I am excited to get down and dirty with sales with you. Oh, me too. And you have such a unique point of view that we have not had on this show yet. So I think it's going to be so valuable for anybody listening. And what Kimberly is so good at is making sales through podcast guesting. And you sort of accidentally figured this out, right? Kimberly, how did it happen? I did. I was on, um, I was on vacation in Australia during COVID. Um, right before COVID hit, like we literally landed in the Gold Coast when um, Tom Hanks <laughs> announced to the world that he had COVID. And my husband was appearing there at a convention because he's a voice actor. And so he was appearing at a convention with the cast of The Walking Dead. And I thought the universe had an incredible sense of humor. Um, <laughs> global pandemic, hanging out with The Walking Dead, they got this. Yeah. But my husband and I have always wanted to live in Australia. And so we, we were there with our son and my parents over there for vacation. And I said, you know, what if we just stayed? Cause we kind of saw how Los Angeles was. And I was like, not really loving the fear. And then we saw how Australians were handling it. And they're like a little bit more laid back and just in general. And I was like, I, I really like Australia. Like they're taking everything just, you know, pretty nicely. And we'll see, we'll see how it unfolds and we get to live in our dream. And I said, yeah. I was running along the beach and I was like, yeah, let's, let's stay. And we knew we would be going down to a one income household because I said, well, if the voiceover industry shuts down, like, you know, and he, my husband's like, can you do it? And I was like, yeah, we got this. And so we got to live there and we thought it would be for a few months and then it ended up for being two years. But the problem was, was we were in Australia in a foreign country on a visitor visa, and I wasn't allowed to use my primary source of lead generation, which had been live events. Like not only were they not happening, could they not happen on my visa, but they just weren't happening period because of COVID. Mm. And so I was looking at other forms of lead generation because we were fine with um, client retention, but it was bringing in new leads that was a challenge. Mm -hmm. And it was then that I remembered, uh, a podcast that I was on that had brought in a $10,000 client. And I was like, what if we just doubled down on that? Because I'd had my own podcast since 2019, the Crown Yourself podcast, formerly known as the Princess and the Bee. And it was great for continuing to keep people into my, like in my sphere or like it was, it was a great nurturer tool where people could really build that know, like, and trust factor, mm -hmm. but bringing in new people, it wasn't really attracting. And mm -hmm. so I looked at podcast guesting and I was like, yeah, let's double down on that. And we stumbled upon a strategy that worked, 
within, because within nine months I did 50 podcast interviews and it generated $70,000 in new business leads. And then now it's generated over 200,000 in new business leads just from podcast guesting alone. And that is free y'all. That is free. free. Oh, and and it's done for you by the (laughs) podcaster. So for free. (laughs) Yeah. I see no downsides um, at all. So is it, what made the difference for you? Are the leads coming from the message that you have? Like, are you very intentional about the types of shows that you're guesting on? Or is it more about talking to the host or what? Walk us through that. Yeah. So when we first started, it was just, the goal was to just get me on podcasts. And then when I looked at our revenue and I was like, oh, this is working. I said, I have to teach this to my clients. So I launched a course called Communication Queens that broke it down. And then we launched it again and it failed. And I pulled my audience and I said, why did this fail? And they said, we just want somebody to do it for us. So that's how we started our agency, Mm. the Communication Queens agency. And we looked at what really was the cases, like what were the podcasts that converted? So there's multiple ways that you can profit from guest podcasting, but we found that this three tier strategy that we created is really the the key to looking at what are the podcasts that are going to build your expertise and authority that your ideal client or customer is listening to. And what are those that are correlated to your story and why those three? So the Mm -hmm. first one are the, the podcasts that build your expertise and authority. These are like the health coach going on other health coaching podcasts. Mm -hmm. So you're probably not going to get conversions from that because the podcaster who is a health coach, who is established in the industry, has already got their committed following of committed buyers. So it's going to help your brand. Yes. And it's going to build your brand awareness as being an expert in your industry. It may not result in conversions. Mm -hmm. The second one though is looking at what are the podcasts that your ideal customer avatar is listening to. So if you look at like, who is your ideal customer avatar and you look at your psychographics and your demographics. So if you notice that a lot of your ideal customers are single mothers, then going on podcasts that are niche for your industry and then podcasts for single mothers about how you as a single mother built your business, then that's going to attract more single moms to your, your business and to your products. Mm. And then the third one is your story. Now, this is one that is, we were originally calling this like your outlier um, podcast of like looking at what piece of your outlier really works. But this is where you attack your blue ocean because nobody, I always say people can have the same strategies. Like when I was doing this, I was doing this solely for my coaching business. It was, I do primarily transformational and mindset coaching for business leaders. And there are a bajillion. You just scroll on Instagram and you'll find a mindset mm-hmm. coach. But what makes you different is the story that you can tell. Mm-hmm. And so we were looking at po- podcasts that like really leverage the power of story. Now I have very different pieces in my story. I can talk about childhood sexual abuse. I can talk about um, bulimia. I can talk about my experience with uh, growing up with an addict for a father. I can talk about being surrounded by addiction growing up and, and those pieces. So there's lots of different pieces that I can talk about in my story that I can go on specific podcasts. Now, why would I choose those podcasts? Well, because those are blue ocean. So somebody, and if you're not sure familiar what blue ocean is, like there was a great book called blue ocean strategy, where if you go into a red ocean, that's where everybody else is. So basically if you're a coach and you have a blush pink brand and you're on Instagram, you're with 
in the sea of blush pink coaches on Instagram with the rest of the coaches. But if you differentiate yourself and put yourself into a different market, target a different client based on your story, you're going to have a, a, a fresh, clean ocean where it's only going to be you swimming in it instead of you and 50 other blush pink Instagram coaches. So that space allows for a whole fresh pond of people who may not even know that they need you because they're not listening in that space and what they're going through in their life. If they're listening to specific things that are correlated to your story, and it doesn't always have to be related to trauma. Like I'm just going to be very clear. I had some trauma growing up in my childhood. I'm very comfortable speaking about my trauma because it's very processed. I always say to my clients, like never share your unhealed trauma on podcasts. That's not the place. Go to therapy, get that healed. And then you can start sharing your story. Don't heal, share the unhealed trauma. Um, but when it's healed and you're able to talk about certain pieces or aspects of your life or growing up, then it can bring in people who are not necessarily listening for the end result of your business or your product. But because you relate to them on such a deep and personal level, it's going to change the way that they, they connect with you, that they will want to work with you in some capacity or be involved in your world. That's where your personal brand really comes into play. That's so interesting. Okay. So if I had narcissistic parents, mm -hmm. I could go on a show about narcissistic people in your life and talk about how oftentimes if you had a narcissistic parent, you become an empath. Mm -hmm. That's usually like the result that if, unless you become a narcissist, but I don't think narcissists are listening to a show about narcissists. Are they? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I if you want to be better narcissists. <laughs> But I think it's about the trauma I'm talking about. So like yeah. if they're traumatized by it, they're probably an empath and empaths do sales differently. Mm -hmm. So there could be like a link there. Yeah. And the, with especially linking and sharing how it made you create your specific strategy and how you do sales and really linking and leading into that because you want it in any story, like it's storytelling 101. And I, I started out my career in screenwriting, like when I was 19 years old. So that was my first foray into that world. I had my first feature that I co-wrote, picked up and distributed by Lionsgate and on Netflix and on all the places. And so I really dove deep into screenwriting when I was a kid and read heaps of scripts because I worked for a production company and read tons of bad scripts and tons of good ones. And I always tell people if they're looking to get into Hollywood and writing movies, I'm like, just know that it's some 17 year old kid who's reading your script and judging it. So <laughs> don't feel bad if you get rejected, just submit it again and try. Um, but that, that experience of seeing stories and seeing there are certain beats that every story has to have. And if you know that the story of transformation is one that is going to hold an energetic, different vibration, especially if you show and demonstrate a level of courage to what you faced. Courage is an activating emotion. And it's one that you want, actually want people who are in a positive state, forward thinking, to invest in your products and services. Mm -hmm. If they're in a state of courage and in an energetic, emotional state of courage, they are believing in the possibility of what can be, which puts them in, in, in a much better position as a buyer. So your story, because like attracts like, you also have to reflect that courage. Mm -hmm. I love that. That is a very unique insight that I don't think many people are thinking about. So it kind of sounds a little bit like I prefer hope selling 
as opposed to pain selling. So a lot of people mm -hmm. like to dig into the pain and make it really, really bad. And then I'm your only hope. So you have to invest in me. That brings somebody in in a weird mindset. Yeah. So it, it, it makes sense that if you were just talking about how awful it was and you didn't really like show what's possible on the other side of it as an example, like what you're talking about, you're basically the example of it, then you could attract people who were in a place of scarcity or just fear. So that's such an incredible insight. What's an example of like not trauma? Because I guess narcissistic parents are still trauma. Um, I mean... I think everybody has their varying degrees of different types of trauma that you can share. It just depends on if it's healed or not. Like I found that the beautiful part about podcasting and in, in general sharing your story. And I learned this from when I was supporting myself in screenwriting as a Pilates instructor was being surrounded by different people's stories. And that's why I love podcasting because you're listening to different people's stories. You're hearing how people different different people perceive things differently. And mm -hmm. thus it's shaking the frame of your survival bias in your brain. Cause our brains are wired to survive. They're not necessarily wired to, to thrive unless we've programmed and conditioned them that way. Mm -hmm. And so when you're hearing different stories, it allows for you to expand the realm of possibility. So everybody is, some people can have heaps and heaps of trauma happen and it, it, seems like, oh my gosh, that's, that's so much like war-torn countries, refugees and whatnot. Mm. Some people can have just a little bit and they're just, their, their nervous system is wired different so that they process just a little bit of some maybe emotional abandonment and of, where they process it really deeply and painfully. It just depends on the person. And it's in that space that that's where you as the person who's looking to go on podcasts need to just do a quick like internal check on like, what are you comfortable sharing that's about your past? What is healed? So like I made an agreement with my father, um, even though he said that I could, he wanted me to share um, about, you know, my experience of childhood sexual abuse. He wanted me to share it even though I didn't want to share it while he was alive. And I made an agreement to not share it with him while he was like publicly while he was alive. I shared it with a few people. And I did realize that back in 2018, because I shared it with a few people, it literally saved someone's life who was planning to commit suicide that day, which is pretty powerful. Yeah. When you're, when you realize the power of a story of just sharing an experience of saying this happened to me and here's where I am and here's what I've been able to do. Here's how I've been able to have the courage to forgive. Here's how I've had the courage to have a relationship with my father again, being able to be on the other side of it, but knowing that you're on the other side. Now I told my father that I would not share it publicly until after he passed, he passed in 2021. Um, and that's when in my Ted talk I started, that was the first time I shared publicly referencing about the experience. Um, and that, that's something that I've deeply healed. I've done a ton of heal. I've done like a decade, probably about 15 years between cranial sacral therapy, NLP, timeline therapy, hypnosis, all of that work to where I feel very confident and strong of the fact that I'm capable of sharing that. And I don't hold any blame, shame, or guilt because mm -hmm. I see with compassion, the fact that that happened to my father, the fact that that happened to his mother, like it was a cycle and I'm the generational cycle breaker. And that takes a lot of courage to stand in that place of power. But there's people out there who I've worked with. Many of my clients have experienced some form of childhood 
abuse, neglect, um, challenge, et cetera, or just some sort of stock trauma later on in life, a massive divorce, bankruptcy, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And that ability to transmute and alchemize trauma to mm-hmm. where you can be on the other side, that is something that people want. Like they want that. And so when you're able and courageous and open to share that and you've transmuted it and the way I see it is that you have to look at your story and see, is there any energy left, any energy of blame, shame, and guilt? If there's any energy of blame, shame, guilt, comparison in any of that, that way, pause on sharing it and maybe share something a little lighter (laughs) about your story and your journey. Um, I had to really work through that with my, um, I was a part, I was the pres- president of an e-commerce company before I started my coaching company and back in from 2012 to 2014. And I was bought out. I, I'd never had any doubts about my career in the past. I'd always been very audacious with my career. I'd always just kind of leaped in and just, just done it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was dealing with my business partner and that buyout process of three months of having professional men, mm-hmm. lawyers point every fear and limiting belief in my face of I was too young. I was, I had no degree. I was a call. I was a, you know, college dropout. I dropped out two weeks before I was supposed to start. Like all of these things and fears, you know, threats and things that really degraded on my self-esteem. I didn't share about those stories until later on because I had to fully process the trauma. And I also had to look at my contract with my buyout contract and see how much I could share and win as well from a legal perspective as well. So be mindful as far as what you're sharing and also check if there's any blame, shame, and guilt. Because for me, I had a lot of blame, shame, and guilt toward my business partner for a year and a half, which is what it stymied my growth and progress in starting my coaching business to where I made like probably a hundred bucks in my first year. Um, but that, that experience was, was, I'm so grateful for that because now I've been able to walk my, my coaching clients through their own buyouts, through their own, um, letting their employees go, letting partners go and being able to walk them through the emotional aspects and the mindset of that process. But I had to go through that and process that myself before I could start sharing it. Yeah. And that's a whole nother aspect. You guys, if you haven't processed that, obviously like tread carefully and Kimberly helps you process that and alchemize that, which is really nice to have like a strategy that doesn't require you to just, you know, sit and marinate in all of this awful, these awful emotions. It's much faster than like talk therapy and stuff like that, which is such a powerful skill to have. And I think it makes a lot of sense to to think back and see like, do I still have negative emotions around this? And if not, don't share it. And what are some examples of like lighter things that you could find podcasts to guest on? I mean, you could uh, chocolate. Like I did one about chocolate, like literally like a fondness for chocolate. Like, <laughs> okay. It was a podcast called Your Daily Chocolate. And it was just like, you know, uh, we talked a little bit about personal development, a little bit about life and, you know, just talked a little bit about chocolate, about our love for chocolate. And we just enjoy, right. you know, just something super simple. Um, books as well. Like that's a, that's mm. a great one to, to go on of just like what books were the ones that transformed you? What are things that allowed for your growth and transformation and, and just the experience of being able to be 
raw and vulnerable about everyday life. Cause it, we all, whether it's, like, we all have problems that we face every day. And if you can approach them with a level of authenticity, a little bit of humor and some courage, it is inspiring. Like I think I got, um, I, I, ha- I actually got a $30,000 coaching contract from a podcast that I was doing. It was on my husband's podcast, um, the mind scrambler. And I was talking about juggling in a business with kids. And I had, at the time I had one, now I have two, but my son was, you know, I talked about the demands of a, of a child and like those experiences. So that's something that I can easily go on. That's part of my story, being a mom, being a working mom, being, um, the breadwinning mom, being the mompreneur, like having a business, like those are pieces of my story that I can talk about. I think, um, there was one podcast that I went on that was, uh, Called Mommy Needs a Break. And I shared my story of um, <laughs> of how I accidentally ate shit. Like real poop? Like real poop. Oh my yeah. God. Oh yeah, it was it was vile. It was absolutely oh. vile. But <laughs> you want to talk real trauma? <laughs> yeah, that's the stuff of nightmares, man. It's like horror movie shit right there. It was awful. Um, but I also talked about the like the metaphor of learning lesson of like that I got from it because I can't not see a silver lining. Like every problem, it's like the weird part of my brain where I'm like, I have hope in this possibility. <laughs> like, there's magic in this mess of complete shit. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and it was it was a it was a wonderful podcast interview that was it was filmed beautifully. It was broadcast with a, a very large YouTube star. Like it was it got me a lot of reach and visibility because I was able to openly and vulnerably share the story about eating shit as a parent, accidentally thinking what was on my kid's hands was fig butter because he was eating fig butter toast and it was not. Oh my God. I can't even imagine like the, I would just be screaming for like 10 minutes after that. <laughs> oh, I, I was howling. I, I like literally picked up my baby and I was like, <laughs> that's my husband's name and I was like I ain't shit and I passed it off to him and I tried to brush my teeth and get it out and I tried to gargle with like mouthwash and it wouldn't get out and the only thing I found was that I had to go back to the table and like actually eat something so I ate a piece of bread and that was the only thing that allowed the shit taste to digest oh, and I was God. like what a metaphor for life like you just got like after you eat shit you got to go back to the table and sit your ass back down. I was like, that's a metaphor for business. It's true. Like you're never going to get the shit out of your mouth if you don't go back to the table. Yep. Yeah. You're just going to taste that failure. And yeah. then, so you got to go back to the table and eventually you're going to have a really good meal again. Yeah. As long as you go back. But you got to go back to the table. Yeah. Yeah. So business metaphor 101 came from eating poop. And so, I, oh, go ahead. Well, I have to wonder if it's also your storytelling background that makes these stories out of each thing too, not just like your ability to see a silver lining, but you're like, look at the story within this. Yeah. And that's what I work with with my clients as well as being able to, to see and capture the stories. Because a great way that that sometimes when we're working, when we're in the thick of it, working with our clients, because most of my clients are service-based entrepreneurs. Um when we're in the thick of it, sometimes we have stories with our clients and sometimes we're dealing with frustrations with our clients or challenges with our clients. And we don't see like the light of like how amazing our clients' transformations have been because we're in the thick of it with our current clients. 
So I always like to tell my clients um, in, in our agency to have a list, and we do this in, um, in their ops board that manages all of their, their podcasts, is they, so they can just easily click on a Trello card and look at the list of their clients and their clients' case study stories. Because your case study stories and telling those on a podcast will provide you with social proof and will sell for you in a, the metaphorical subconscious way. If we're going to get like into the subconscious mind for a hot second, Meta the subconscious mind speaks in metaphors and telling a case study story is a metaphor of a client of yours, of somebody who had success working through your process and your framework. So like my client, uh, Ashley, who is a bookkeeper, she was telling me this amazing story of how she went on, um, of how she went into her client's pizza business and literally turned the pizza business around so much so with her services as a bookkeeper that she was able to get them everything running, running smoothly so much so that they could launch a second pizza shop within six months. Like wow. that's a case study as far as like showing her as an expert in her field that says, this is where they started. This is where, where it ends. And then this is how you get people to have buy-in to like, if she can, I can too. It's, it bypasses the cognitive bias faculty in the subconscious mind. That's like, I don't know if this will work for me. It's like, oh, you're hearing these stories of, oh, this worked. That's why we tell testimonials and sales videos. Yeah. You're like, but was their situation exactly like mine? And what if I'm an exception? And all these things that people feel before moving forward. Yeah. And yeah. the more case studies you can provide that show examples that are positive case studies, but sometimes in the moment of a podcast interview, you're not going to remember those case studies. So having something to remind you of like, oh, this was um, Dana's transformation. Like one of my client, uh, Dana Otis, she achieved her one year goal of 4 million in bids in three months working with me. Like that's a phenomenal case study. Yeah. I just dropped as a metaphor that shows exactly. See, I'm, it's like what I'm doing. It's so meta. Yeah. Let me give you the example and then I'll do the example by giving you the example. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> Nothing's better than modeling. Model it for us. You're a fantastic. Model. Yes. Um, okay. So find podcasts that are aligned with different parts of your business. Like you're, if you're a marketing expert, don't go on a marketing podcast. Well, I mean, you do to increase your expertise, but don't make it like the main one you do. That's not the main one. That's like focus 15% of your efforts on that one. If you're a female entrepreneur, there's a bajillion female entrepreneur, women's empowerment podcast. That's great. They are already have their hub of people that they love. Um, that they already have their committed audience. Yes, you can borrow some, especially if you do um, the second piece that we talk about in our standout strategy. So we have a seven-step framework that we walk all our clients through. And we have um, the standout piece, which is step two, which is offering a polarizing perspective. Now, we don't mean polarizing in the sense of like, you got to be divisive. Like, let's see if, if they're a Democrat, you got to go full-on conservative Republican. No, like <laughs> you don't want to butt heads like that. But if, if you want to stand out, you have to offer something a little different. So what flavor, what sprinkles are you going to add to the vanilla? What, what thing, what pieces are you going to stir in to make your flavor of ice cream storytelling and your story and your expertise different? So for example, I went on this podcast that was, uh, it was, 
I forget the name. The mindset hacker. It was like two, it was, it was two years ago. So it was, it was a bit, I've been on about 200 podcasts since then. Um, it was, it was like the A player podcast or something, something about like type A, um, type A, high A, high A achiever, performer, like high performer podcasts. And I went on and I had looked, done my research and looked at like what other people had said. And, you know, there's a hustle harder and like, you know, like grind. And I was like, nap. And he's like, what? And I said, yes, sometimes the best thing that you can do for your productivity is an act of courage because courage and productivity are intimately intertwined. And so in order to increase your productivity, you have to look at what are you avoiding that would actually be a courageous act for you. And a lot of times for high performers, that's taking a nap in the afternoon. And who's like, yeah. And that, and that got me a client from that podcast. <laughs> so uh, I love that you went and shared a different message too. Like I love the impact and intention behind that because <clears throat> people just need to hear that naps recharge you. Yeah. Like, Stop burning through, just burning out. Like I can get something done in 10 minutes or I can struggle through it for three hours because I didn't take a friggin' nap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, mama. Yeah. Mama's no. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I did two <laughs> meditations today. I was like, I, I feel like gold. I'm like, yeah, now I can keep going. But if it wasn't for me doing two, uh, I did a 20 minute, nope, I did two. I, I was set, uh, the second one I was like, oh, I'll only do 10 and then I hit the 10 minute timer hit. And I was like, I'm going to do the full 20. But if it wasn't for me doing a 40 minute, two sets of 20 minute meditations today, I wouldn't be at this level at this time of day. Do what you got to do, whatever gets you results. And also means you're having a good time. Like those should be the only two metrics that yeah. matter. Yeah. Get yeah. results, have a good time and be wary of burnout. Like I, I have burned myself out. And it's not a fun process to come back from. Uh, it's way worse. It takes you much longer than if you had just taken a rest. So, okay. I love that example too. And then is there something like that you encourage people to say on the podcast? Cause they're like featured and there has to be some kind of takeaway, you know, they're like, where can people find you? Like, what do you, do you have recommendations around that? Yeah. The problem that most people do is they list off 40 different things of all the different places to find them. And then those, those are going to be listed in the show notes. Like every podcaster, whether you submit it yourself or you work with an agency like Communication Queens, you're, the podcaster is going to get the show, it, all your social links, all your website, all your freebies. They're going to get it in the show notes. So have one, maybe two calls to action. And the ones that I have seen work consistently are very simple. It's one, if you have a podcast, share the podcast. Because podcast listeners listen to podcasts, so they're easier to convert into another podcast listener, which at least gets you in, gets them in your world, and builds in builds them into that space of like building that know, like, and trust because they want to learn more about you. They want to dive deeper. The second one is because podcasts are an auditory medium. Like, yes, we're doing video as well, but primarily people are listening to podcasts on their podcast streaming platform of choice. So make sure that what you are offering is also an auditory tool. Mm. Mm. So from one representational system to the same representational system. And then that way, so whether it's a discovery call or an audio course that you have, 
or um, yeah, those two really are the, the best ones that work for a, a freebie. Okay. I don't think anybody's thinking about that. So the podcast that you have, um, an audio audio course or a discovery call that's on the phone, not video. Yeah, it could be phone or video because phone and video, like discovery call is basically like it's audio, it's auditory too with the addition of video, but you're still hearing the person's voice. So being able to be on a call with someone, it gets them to that space where you can still hear their voice. Yeah, you're, yeah, you can see their face too, but um, it's, it's, you want to think auditory to auditory. That's why, okay. that's why podcast to podcast works. I've never heard that piece of advice and that's amazing. And this is a good stopping point for us. So we've reached the end of yet another episode of sales is not a dirty word. Thanks again to Kimberly for making an appearance as our guest today. And Kimberly, can you model for us where people should find you <laughs> if they're interested in working with you or learning yes. more? If you want to learn more, head on over to the Crown Yourself podcast and become a part of my podcast and world. And if you want to work with me, you can click for coaching. You can click the button that says work with me on crownyourself.com and book a call. And if you would like to get booked on more podcasts to build your next six figures, then head on over to communicationqueens.com and click the button that says get booked and book your 100K profit from guest podcasting planning call with me. Amazing. Um, this has been the Sales is Not a Dirty Word podcast, where we show you how to convert up to 80% of your sales meetings without paying, pitching, or pretending to be someone else. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time.